welcome to Piazza Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are, are we going, are we live right now? Yeah, we just did an intro. I did so Are you sure? They're listening to us as we speak. Oh man, okay. We are on episode 40. 40. The anniversary episode. Is 40 an anniversary? I, I think so. Wouldn't like 52 be an anniversary? Why 52? Why not 50? Because there's 52 weeks in a year. Oh, I get so. I guess so. So obviously you can tell it's been a late night in the studio. We got so much planned. We got the meetup happening. We have a couple other things in the back working, you know, kind of trying to get things out and then recording our podcast. That's right. And and we resell. And, and you know, this, uh, this episode is about um, being baned or, or having, you know, terrible things happen to you. And so I think I think even just the start of the episode, you know, like it was you, you, oh it was a little baned. I thought we were you just practicing. Baned. I thought that was just like you were like letting me know, hey, are you ready to go? Mm. So Orlando just got baned in the in the start of the episode, which I think is I think is fitting. <laughs> Very fitting. All right. Before we start baned, okay, so our episode is gonna be about how we've gotten baned and how to avoid it. That's right. All right. But before we do, you got to give us some background. Like there's some new listeners here that haven't heard the story of why we use the term Bane in the Purosa podcast dictionary. All right. So Sparknote version. If you want to hear the whole version, um, I'm sure we have an episode where that's like, it's like the whole part of the episode. It's like episode uh, eight or something. Yeah. But but the Sparknotes version is um, I play a lot of board games. And one of the board games that I was playing uh, with Orlando and some other friends was uh, Love Letter. And it was specifically a Batman version of Love Letter. Uh, and although Love Letter does not sound like a, a very kind of game amazing game, it really is. Um, it's it's incredible. But anyways, we're playing this game, and one of the one of the the cards that you can play is Bane, and it's a card that you play against another player when you think that you have like basically a better hand. Uh, if you think so, if you've got like one of the best hands that you can have, you play it against another player, and you can get them out. Uh, Orlando played a Bane. and he was holding the lowest possible hand you can hold. I try to bluff a little bit. Yeah, but except for when you do that, you're out of the game. So he literally, like, basically did a suicide move in the game. He's like, I play Bane. And when he showed his hand, it was like, well, you, there's no, there's not even a possible way you could win with that. So there, what were you doing? You just Baned yourself. And it has become a, uh, it has become kind of a meme for us to, to be Baned is, um, you know, it's, it's have something bad happen to you, but specifically and, and often can be used in the context of, Maybe it's a little bit self, uh, self-inflicted. self Maybe yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You know, you kind of banned yourself. I'm looking right now at your coffee mug right over there. Mm-hmm. So it, do you not need any more coffee? You know, I don't need coffee right now, but I'm sure my mouth will be parched by the end of this episode and I'll be very like, you know, just dry. Like trying to, I wasn't trying to <laughs> get some- That was a weird a- sound. I know. I wasn't trying to do like ASMR. I know there's some people who like- <laughs> I like that stuff. But. <laughs> it's just awkwardness. I, I don't know. That stuff is awkward. I know some of you probably do it. I mean, I guess it's soothing. I just, it depends who it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, it's not even so much that. I don't think it's that they like who's doing it. It's that specific sounds cause specific sensations. And it's the sensation they're after more than like. We're not that kind of podcast though. No, but, but if. Maybe we do put people to sleep though. That's true. We might be we might be that soothing, but who knows? Maybe we're totally missing out, and we can have like a a peer hustle podcast ASMR version. I don't think we had any alliteration for that one. Pure hustle podcast ASMR PHP ASMR. <laughs> I don't think that works. Passmer. 
I don't know what that is. All right. Let's get into the episode. People are like, what are you guys talking about? What's going on? All right. So we kind of wanted to share some of our tips based on our fails. Okay. So times that we got banned. So we kind of wanted to talk about, you know, ways that we've been banned when sourcing, when listing, when packing, and then when dealing with buyers. All right. Because we all have those moments. And on Instagram, right, a lot of it's highlight reel, right? So Sometimes, you know, people will post like, hey, this happened and I wish I did this better. But this is kind of what we wanted to do because our last episode, not our last one, not the update one, but the one before that, right, was reselling your way, right? Making sure that you do what is successful for you. And this episode, we want to talk about, you know, working through those failures and finding success and not getting banned. Do you get anything of any ways you've been baned while sourcing or things you wish you did better when sourcing? Oh man. So many, so, so, so many. Um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to like, just think of each individual yeah. one, but I, I can't tell you how many times, um, and, and I'm getting better at this, but I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been in a thrift store or at a garage sale and I look at an item, maybe I look up comps really quick and I'm like, Profit, boom, it's in my basket, it's in it's in my hand, I'm leaving with it, I get it home, and it's not until I'm taking pictures that I'm like, oh, the sole of this boot is literally falling <laughs> oh, off right now. In fact, here's one, and I may have mentioned this before, but it's, it, 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 it's such a standout because my wife and I went to a thrift store together, and we were different parts, but I've, we both ended up like kind of crossing paths, and we we're looking at the shoes, and we we're like, oh, look at these, and we saw these this nice pair of boots, and we were going to get them, but we saw that the sole was coming off of the boots. And we're like, oh gosh, like there's no way, right? So we put them back. The next week I go to the thrift store and I'm looking around. I don't find anything. I'm like, oh, sweet. Oh my goodness. This a pair of really? boots. I buy the boots. I get them home. We're about to take pictures. And it's like, oh my gosh. Not only are the soles falling off of these boots, but these are the boots that we had already looked at a week ago and said, who would ever buy something like this? Oh my and and it was us. Like I I baned myself. That is a perfect example of baning so yourself. How do you prevent that? Um, part of it is I think just slowing down. Like I think okay, there is a there is a a certain sense of urgency when you are sourcing. Specifically, I th- I feel like it happens more at garage sales than it does at thrift stores. But but still, time is money, right? And I've always found it interesting. And this is slightly. Um, maybe off topic. I mean, it's not off topic, but it's it's going looking at it from a different angle. I always have found it interesting that people will speed and do all these things to get where they're going really fast, and they'll 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 some people like run red lights, they'll take shortcuts, and they might get to where they're going like three minutes sooner than they would have if they would have just like dropped, you know gone the speed limit. But that sense of urgency of leaving the house, like, isn't there, right? It's like once you're in the car, it's like, then the urgency comes. But it's like, if you'd have just left three minutes earlier, you could have gone the speed limit and it would have been the same, right? it's kind of when people say I'm late because of the traffic. Right. Right. But reality is, yeah, that could be true if there was like a major pileup or something. But most of the time it's because you just didn't leave on time. And then when the traffic hit, it made things worse. Right. And so I think there's a sense of urgency you can feel if it's like, okay, today I'm going to go to some thrift stores. So you leave and you get to your first thrift store and you're going fast and you're trying to get as much as you can because you want, there's like three more thrift stores you want to go to. And so there's this urgency of, I got to get in as many as I can, but to realize that one, you should slow down. There's a lot of benefits of slowing down. And two, if it was really so urgent, 
you could have gone a little earlier, you could stay out a little later, or you can split it up amongst other days. You know what I mean? Like, do you really only have two hours in your life total that you can go thrifting? If that was the case, yeah, go as hard and fast as you can. But it's probably not as urgent as you really think it is. So slow down, look at the items, really inspect them, know what you're buying, do the research. No, I agree. And it's funny that you say that because I did get Bane today. I had the same scenario. So I walked into a Goodwill. And, you know, Goodwill prices lately have been kind of interesting. So I I usually, when I see stuff behind the glass, I'm kind of already, you know, going, hey, is this really worth what they put? So they had these, and I posted this on IG actually earlier today. They had these two trucks. And they were like toy trucks, like a Altec. I don't know. They were like a... I guess like if you're, I don't know, doing power lines or installing cable or something. And so I look at these and I thought they were $49.99 okay, for both. I'm like, oh, that's a steal. Like I'm going to pick those up. Well, I look after they opened the case and they were $49.99 each. Mm. But then I looked at comps and I just typed in, you know, uh, I think I typed in like Altec toy truck or something. And I saw comps that were going for over $100 for each one. I'm like, huh, $50 a piece, that's not too bad. So then I thought, you know what, I'm going to work this a little more. I'm going to talk to the manager and see if, you know, they'll work with me. And so, yeah, they did, which I was kind of shocked. And and so I was able to get them for $79.99. And then this is this is the perk that I just, you know, I got this gig doing this teaching job, super part-time, but now I have a teacher discount, right? And so I, not only am I going to make a little side income, but now it's going to definitely, you know, help me in my ROI. So I was able to get to 10% and I'm all excited. I'm leaving the store and I go to my car and I'm trying to make this Instagram post about, Hey, look at the score I got. And then I, I put the exact names of each of the items and they're actually going for like $50 each. Oh, right. So, and I was like, oh, you know, if I had just taken the time to do a little more research, right? right. Spend five extra seconds and just put the right keywords, right? Yep. The exact title, I would have avoided that. Now, still going to make profit. I, I I had the boxes. Mine were in better condition than the other. So maybe I'll make, you know, I don't know, 30 to 40 bucks more. Uh, I'll make 30, 40 bucks more than I paid on each of them. But I'm not going to make anywhere close to the profits I had. Yep. So yeah, that's huge. So way to avoid that is don't just put generic titles. I mean, when it comes to clothing, like if you have an eye and you know something, that's okay. But if you're dealing with something that you really isn't like your niche or your niche or whatever you call it, like you definitely should put in that time and do that research. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and speaking of like knowing, knowing your brands, knowing what, what it is you should be purchasing. I recently, I think I've already mentioned one time in the past that I had I've, I've bought quite a few seven for all mankind pants. Uh, and, and not too long ago I bought a pair of sevens and and my wife has always just called them sevens. And I bought a pair of sevens that were an off brand, like cheap chinzy fake (laughs) version of seven for all mankind. Right. It's like the, I don't know if it's a Walmart version, but it's like Like not the real version. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and they're just called sevens. And I, I, I don't think I really paid up for them, but I definitely paid more than they're worth because they're not worth anything really on eBay. Um, and I was so excited at, at this garage sale to pick up a, a couple pairs. And then I get home and my wife's like, uh, these aren't, these are, these are not what you think they are. And I was like, what do you mean? They're sevens. And she's like, yeah, but they're not seven for all mankind. And I was nice. like, Oh, dope. And then, and then a couple weeks later, 
she's listing some items that, that I had purchased at another garage sale and I had bought a pair of, of, uh, true religions that were fake. How'd you know they were fake? Well, she knows, she knows like the tags and brands and stuff like that. So I, I didn't have the eye for it, but she said when she picked them up, she's like, oh, these are like are cheap filling. What are these? And then when she saw, they said true religion, she's like, oh, these are fake. And she did a little bit more research and sure enough, they were fake, but it was like, I don't have the feel for it. Like I've never, I've never worn them. I don't know what they, you know what I mean? I, I haven't handled them enough to, to have been able to just at, at a garage sale, pick them up and say like, nope. But now I know at least one more thing to look for. So sometimes getting baned is, is a good thing. Not, not, not that it's something you're looking for, but it, it provides information. Now it's more information that I have to act on in the future, uh, to avoid getting baned. No, I agree. And, you know, I think garage, I think it's okay to get baned at garage as long as, you know, you're not dropping a lot of money, right. but you're, you're on the move, right? So it, you don't really have the luxury of time. There is urgency at garage. Sales. There is urgency, right? Because remember back in the day, like you would take your time and you mm-hmm. would say you're a lot more, you know, you move a lot faster now at garage sales, right? Because you, you, you need to. Like you don't want to get baned by spending all your time on the phone trying to research something just to save a few bucks. Right. Right. And so kind of like the story you told a few podcasts ago about the bows, like you dropped the 40, yep. you didn't even look at everything, but you knew it was worth it. Right. So in that, those instances, I think it makes sense. But you know, when you're sourcing another thing that I struggled with earlier on is I was really kind of haphazard when I, when I sourced Are you still like that? Like you just go to whatever store is on the way or you don't really plan out your routes. Um, I kind of have to plan to an extent just because I, I don't have as much opportunity to source as I would like. Uh, but but there are times where it's kind of spontaneous. So I'm just driving by somewhere. It's like, hey, I'm going to stop in for a couple Which of minutes. I think that's fine. But I think when you're doing a road trip, like if you really want to maximize your time, there's there's two options. One is you spend the time and, you know, you go online and you plan your route or you connect with other resellers that are in the region and, you know, you can and sometimes resellers don't want to share, you know, all their spots or you can go thrifting with them. Right. Which has been a huge help. Like when I go to L.A., it's been awesome. And, you know, the great part about it was that we both source different items. Right. So right. we're not, you know, baned because, you know, this person will go to this part of the store. I'll go to this part of the store. This person will go to the other part. And we're good. And, and we're not, you know, we're not having awkwardness about, you know, Hey, we found this and go, Oh, you took that from, you know, that was my specialty or whatever. But so my early days I would do thrift store, you know, sourcing, but I really wasn't strategic. So I would, you know, there were some stores that were just bad stores and I would just keep going, going, Oh, they're going to, you know, read, you know, they're going to replenish their stock. They're going to have a new inventory. And that place just had junk every single time. Right. So you got to make those wise choices. Like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll go to the store once a month. Uh, another thing I see people do, I don't know. Have you tried doing this? Like they make a calendar about when deals are at certain stores. No, I mean, that's a good idea. I, I definitely am on some, some email lists where when stores have sales, I get the email and kind of plan it out. It's usually like the same day. It's like today, everything's 50% off. And I'm like, Oh man, I wish I would have known that I would have planned my day differently. But, but here's the interesting thing I've heard. I've heard of the resellers talk about this, that on those sale days, you should go after the non-sale items. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I mean, that does make sense, but 
you're like the I mean, ROI those are, is greater. Yeah. yeah, those are usually the items that are that are probably newer out and that are not ready to go on sale yet, and probably have they know are, are more profitable. So it, that's why it's not on sale. But uh, but yeah, I think I think I'm always looking at ROI. Right. So if it's 50% off, that helps the ROI, that helps that return on investment. But that's, um, you know, that's only one of the factors. So I'm not going to specifically go after sale or not sale. I'm going after profitable items. That's kind of the key. Okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, I want to just take a moment to, uh, to say, you look really nice. <laughs> I like the, uh, I like the outfit. It was laundry day. I'm serious. Okay. So most... Okay, you got to explain to the listeners so, what's so going on. So most people, all right. So if you're listening to the podcast, Rolando's actually wearing like a button-up shirt, like like a like a like a checkered gingham button-up shirt, um, and and normally doesn't like you know we we do this this podcast pretty cash, you know, t-shirts, and stuff like that, you know, um, and so normally I but what you just said though was it's laundry day. Yeah, it's laundry day. So I think most people laundry day is the like wear sweats and like something like. Like the the most comfortable, but like you don't want to go out in outfit laundry day. Yeah. So like laundry day for you is like, I'm wearing like a nice outfit. Yeah. Cause I don't want to go out with this. Like I, I just, again, it, it's funny cause you know, my everyday attire when I was in a school administrator was stuff like this all the time. Right. Where now that I'm full-time reseller, like I can wear what I want. It's true. I didn't want to go down the whole path of outfits again, but but just want I know, to say you but, look nice. You look but nice. you know, I, we did have some people comment like, "Hey, Orlando, like you need to spruce up the way you dress, and you need to." Well, as you guys can see, he's a very sharp dressed man. And if you're just listening, tune into our YouTube. It's nice to 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 get a chance to actually see and comment. Like that's the nice thing with YouTube too. If you're just listening, please keep listening. We love we love you listening to our podcast. I mean, we are a podcast. Uh, but if you want to at least get into some conversations, there's some pretty awesome comments that happen uh, on our YouTube page. So if you have some stuff you'd like to say about the episode, because um, a lot of times... And our comments haven't been turned off. No, no. Comments <laughs> are not turned off. They're on. And, and, and a lot of times the information in the comments are even better than what you're getting in the podcast, right? Like people are... The, our, our listeners are incredible. Super smart. They've got great ideas. So yeah, jump in there on those comments. I agree. So, okay. It is going back to sourcing. So one of the things I'll, I'll talk about too is, you know, when you're sourcing, you got to make sure you have enough capital. I think I can't tell you, especially on garage sales. I know this is common sense, but I can't tell you how many times I've had the awkward moment where there's a deal in front of me and I have to say, I'm sorry, can I go to the bank and come back? Have you had that experience yet? I know you've only been doing this for a few no, months. No, I, I haven't. But I mean, I, I'm never 100 percent sure if I'm bringing enough. Like my petty cash, as it were, that I typically bring to to garage sales, like two to three hundred. Are you? Do you feel like that the listener should be more than that? Should I be having more than that? Like, what is the? Well, I don't want to get into specifics, you know, because you know I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, nobody wants to be mugged out in the. Open. But, 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 I will say. You know, if especially like if you're going to community garage sale, like you know you're going to be dropping copious amounts of money, right? At least you hope so. I hope so. Right? And, you know, you got to make sure you have enough bills. So you got to make sure you have dollars because if you don't have $1, right, and you're at a garage sale and it's early and they're like, oh, let me look for some change. And they go up to the back of the, the house and they're looking for it. Man, you're losing time. Yep. Right? So you got to make sure you have all your bills ready. But... You know, if you're going community, that's been where I've always gotten banged. Where like I, I can remember one place, 
I grabbed, I think they had a whole, it was like a Bose system, two huge stand-up speakers, two ceiling speakers, whatever it was. And it was $400. And all I had on me was 300 bucks. Hmm. And here's what happens. And I've seen it happen. And if comment below, if you've seen this happen, where like I offer and they're like, yeah, we'll take it. And then I leave and I see other resellers creep on it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that happens. And they'll go to the guy and I've done, and you know, I've seen it happen. Like I'm driving away and I stop the car and I listen and they're like, Hey, you know, that guy said he's going to give 400, but you don't know if he's going to come back. Right. He, he's just maybe telling you that I'll give you 450 right now. Now I will tell you, I've done that myself. Ooh. <laughs> so I, I'm going to confess here. All's, like all's fair, right? Well, I've, I've had, more. I, I've had people leave and I, and I don't know. If I broke the reselling honor code and you're not a fan and you're not happy with me, let me know in the comments below. <laughs> yeah. But shame, shame. Well, no, because I've had people, you know, no, it's called hustling, man. You got to do what you got to do. But sometimes people leave and they don't come back. Yep. yep. Right. So you got to make sure you're ready because I've had it too where a guy did give me the deal. Like I said, hey, you know, are you sure that guy's going to come back? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I said, here's my card. You know, let me know. And sure enough, like it was a half hour. The guy didn't come back in time and the guy called me. I was in the same community garage. So I came right back, dropped the money and I walked away with the merchandise. That's crazy. You know, that reminds me of, I mean, it happens a lot when I, I go into a grocery store or something, I forget my wallet and have to run back out. It's really annoying. But I remember one time specifically, I was in high school and I had a big, a whole bunch of items in my cart and I'm like checking out and I realized I left my wallet in the car. And so I'm like, I will be right back. I'm so sorry. So I run out to my car and I come back in and they're already putting the stuff away. And I was like, I'm, I'm back. I've got my, and they're like, oh, we're so sorry. We thought for sure you were not coming back. Ooh. And I was like, yeah. oh, thanks. But, uh, but yeah, it happens. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, it happens at grocery stores all the time and I'm sure it happens at, at garage sales, you know, so good, good job swooping in there. But yeah, you gotta be careful. I, I think we're moving more and more towards a place though. I've been to several garage sales where, um, I've, I've, I remember it was when I was first starting too. Um, oh, you know, I don't have enough cash right now, right? was my excuse because I didn't, you know, I was still just looking at stuff and someone's trying to sell a bunch of purses and I didn't feel comfortable enough saying like, no, I'm not interested. It was like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. let me think about it. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't really bring enough. Oh, we we have a square or we accept Venmo. It's like, oh. No, that is nice. I hear that. So hopefully more and more people start taking Venmo uh, or start, you know, using squares, something like that. So that way it's just easier transactions. So I'll say one more thing about not getting banned on garage sales. Have you ever gone to a garage, like gone to garage sales without having your route planned? Oh yeah. I mean, there was one time where I had to text you for your route. <laughs> That's right. I remember. Yeah. And then we ended up just going. And then the worst part about it was all the houses I was taking us to were houses you already went to. Yep. Yep. You sent me to, and I'm like, nope, I've already done those. It was the weirdest thing because it was supposed to be a community sale. And so it had all of the addresses listed on the Craigslist ad, but like, I was just like, okay, it's like a big community. Like, I'm just going to drive around the community. No, this wasn't just a big community. It was like five giant communities with like three houses every like mile in different spots. So it wasn't just like you could just drive a couple loops. And so you had to know where the houses were. You couldn't, there were signs everywhere, but you could not find them unless you had, had it like already in your phone planned yeah. out. Yeah. And I agree. I, I, I can tell you when I first started you know, I would have like maybe five on my route and then I'd be like, oh, we'll see if there's others. And I would drive for hours and, you know, time is money. Yep. 
So, you know, and I know most of you that have started reselling or been reselling for a while, this is like common sense. You're like, Rolando, we know this, but it's just a good reminder because I'll do that freestyle. Like, I want to be like American Pickers. You know how on the show, sometimes they're just driving. They're like, oh, we're going to go freestyling. Right. Like, it, there's no freestyling American Pickers. Like, it's all staged. Oh, yeah, it's all. It's, it's all, all set up, right? For sure. So, you know, don't let that dictate that, hey, you may get lucky. All right. I want to say one more thing. Social media and sourcing. What does it potentially get banned? Social media and sourcing. Well, I mean, the obvious one, especially when you're talking about retail arbitrage, is um, either listing your item that you're buying, your bolo, and then other people start buying it, or jumping into the hype of other people's bolos and dropping all of your money, spending all of your capital, and then the market tanks because because everybody's purchasing it. Yeah, and I wanted to take it a few steps before you even get to that process. I want to talk about like sharing on Instagram, like before you're done sourcing. So I've seen this happen and I'll admit it happened to me one time too. And I can't say it's because I posted on Instagram, but what I've had people do on social media is they're like, Hey, I'm going sourcing. I'm looking for these items. Right. And so it's like 9am, right? So this is 9am like on the East coast it's 6 a.m. over here on the West Coast. No one's really gone to any stores yet, right? Or I've seen somebody like there, they'll be like, hey, I'm outside a store right now. There's these huge deals that are about to drop. You know, I can't wait to get inside. And I go. And then more people start showing up. Yeah, I'm like, you just gave me a 30 minutes to get out of bed, jump in the shower if I choose to, eat some cereal, and get to the same stores you're at and beat you to those products. Yep. Like, I mean, ooh, that's, that's like that is you are so getting Bane. Like, yeah. and I think it's rampant on, on social media. Like, if you notice, I'll post our stories like late, like something like tonight. I'm not going to post a story till midnight just because, well, I ran out of time. But part of it is I didn't want people tracking where I was and going, hey, this item's at this store and this store and this store. Right. That makes sense? No, absolutely. So, especially Q4, I can't tell you how many times on Q4. And I'll just admit it. Like I would see somebody post something on the East coast and I'm like, Oh, these are out now. And I go to the stores and I pick up the exact same thing. Well, don't get Bane. Like we gotta be, I, I get it. We're all about sharing and we're about, you know, helping each other out, but you know, it's a business too. And so you got to stay guarded. Yeah. And, and remember getting, getting Bane is, is something bad happening. Sometimes it's out of your control, but sometimes it is self-inflicted. I agree. Oh, I can't, I wish I could go into the story. So hope those of you that follow us on Instagram, hey, boy, this is a great chance to let you know if you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter, Pure Hustle Podcast on Facebook. If you're watching us on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, the like subscribe to us. Check us out on this side. There's some interesting visuals every once in a while, I guess. Uh, hit that like button. Hit that alert button to be alerted. We're looking to build our subscribers and comment below. And then, hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, you know, if you would love to write us a review on the podcast for iTunes or Spotify, it'd be greatly appreciated. And share our podcast let other people know and uh hey if you ever want to give us a call about how you got banged 
That'd be awesome. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or you can shoot us an email at purestpodcast at gmail.com. And last of all, you know, if we have helped prevent you getting banged at any time and you just want to, you know, show us a quick thank you, there's a link below for a donation, whether it's a one-time or a monthly, uh, you know, just to say thank you. We really would appreciate that because uh, our goal is to help you not get banged. Yeah, we want to we wanna help. We want you to learn from our mistakes and uh, let the community learn from the community's mistakes. It's so true. You know? Because we've learned, I will tell you, I've learned so much from YouTube and podcasts by hearing about how other people failed and avoiding those those missteps. Yeah, I may have already used this one, but uh, the, the the great quote that I've heard many times is, is something to the effect of, uh, uh, foolish people never learn from their mistakes, smart people learn from their mistakes, and wise people learn from other people's mistakes. 100%. Totally so, agree. Be wise. Totally agree. Learn from others' mistakes. There you go. That, that, that's like a, it should be on our shirt yeah. sometime. And one more thing we want to bring up. Hey, upcoming meetup. We're getting super close. And so if you haven't had a chance, we have a, a large group coming. And Where so, are we going? Oh, Red Robin. Yum. That's just, I, I, <laughs> I just want to do it every time. Hey, we're going to be in Santa Ana, March 30th, 4 to 7 p.m. And it's not like a meetup, like, hey, get to know Pure Hustle Podcast. It's more of a, like, hey, get to network with other resellers, and Pure Hustle Podcast will be there along with a bunch of other great resellers. So if you haven't had a chance, RSVP in our link tree, or you can RSVP in the link below of this video. Yeah, yeah. Hope to see you guys there. All right, let's talk about getting baned when listing. Mm. Are you you like, go first on this one. Let me okay. let me think about it. So here's what happens. So you source a bunch of items, right? You you go, you got some clothing, you got some shoes, you got some electronics, and you're like, I'm going to source all of these. I mean, I'm going to source. I'm going to list all of these right now. But, man, it takes a really long time, right? Because you get the mannequin out, you put all the clothing on there, then you take the mannequin down, then you get your light box and you do all your shoes, then you take your light box down, then you get your electronics and you have to test your electronics. And then let's say you have some hats, you got to get your mannequin head and get your hat and get your light box out. So early on, I wasted a lot of time, a lot of time listening. And the reason being is I wasn't strategic. And this is, you know, especially for those of you that are new, you know, I'm not saying keep death piles, but definitely source until you have a good amount and then list, right? So don't try to list everything. Now, if it works for you and you have, you know, five different listing, you know, and picture stations in your place, good for you. That's awesome. But if you don't, the best way to avoid getting banned and losing all that time is, you know, for me, my limit is if I have more than, you know, 10 shirts or 10 pairs of shoes or 10 hats, I'll list them all in a row. Does that make sense? Yep. Did you apply any of that early on or you, were you kind of like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take pictures and list whatever I have. Well, I think, I think, um, part of that is, is the key, the key word you said there was early on. So I think for any of our listeners out there who are, are really new to reselling, I I'm, I'm still new, uh, but I've finally built up, you know, quite a bit of a, of a pipeline. When you're really new, you're listing everything as soon as you get it because, you know, you're only getting a handful of items. You might only have 10 items in your death pile and you might only have 10 items in your store, right? So, okay. so obviously the suggestion there is list, 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 list. Like Orlando said, though, you're going to get to a place where you're starting to get more and more items and you're starting to trying to... Uh, maximize the efficiency of your process. And I think you're right. I think you're right in saying that it's a good idea to have 
piles or not necessarily piles, but like categories of, okay, here are my clothes, here are my shoes, here are my electronics, here are my miscellaneous home goods, here are my, and spend a day doing all of one type because they tend to be similar in either the way you take the pictures, how you do the listings, how you're doing measurements. So, so yeah, if you can, if you can create almost like an assembly line, as it were, um, it, it definitely saves a lot of time. And I think one of the things with, with getting banged with the listings as it were, is, is the learning process when you're new. I think as you get better at it, it happens less and less often. Uh, but when I was first starting out, there were so many times where there would be items where I would take the pictures. I was trying to get more efficient. So I take a bunch of pictures of items and then list later and then realize like I missed an important picture. Like I don't have the oh, size. Man. I don't have the you size know what? of these I've shoes. I've had that. Yeah. You like, you missed the tag. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so that's the, I mean, it's a learning process. It's a learning process through the listing. Um, and then, and then other things is, you know, multiple times when I first started, I'd accidentally set it as an auction instead of as, as buy it now. Right. And so going back through and making those corrections. And, and so I feel like, like anything, you get better as time goes. And I, I, I feel like that should be the case with all of these categories, but I feel like listing is one of those ones where there's a lot of mistakes early, uh, and then as you go, it gets easier and easier and more and more efficient. Do you have examples of like recent like listing banes? Oh yeah. Well, the shoe one happens all the time, right? And it's the worst for me is when it's already in the storage unit, it's already like several totes down and, and then, you know, you really don't find out about it until like a buyer messages yep. you, right? And you're like, oh, and then you miss out on that sale because you know, do you really want to go back to the totes? Do yep. you really want to take it out? I mean, unless it's really worth something. It's really frustrating to do. I've had, I, I did that just today. My wife was like, we got a question on a pair of shoes. And so I had to go out and look at them, measure them. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a lot. No, I agree. So what about pricing? Do you think you get banged in pricing? Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sh- I'm trying to think of a specific examples, but there's, there's definitely been times where I've listed items way too low. There's probably been times that I've, I've listed, I've got, I probably have items right now that are listed too high and I haven't gone back through and checked some of my items that, you know, I, I'm, I might need to go through and, and check. That was a lot easier when I had 30 items in my store, right? Yeah, like, I agree. oh, I should, I should adjust this. I might've been a little, little overzealous with it. Um, but now that I've got several hundred items in my store, it's, I don't know what's in there, what I need to check. <laughs> no, I agree. So I really wanted to communicate this in this podcast because I I don't know, you know, it's just, it's strange because, you know, we post a lot on IG and I always post list high, list high, list high, list high, like constant list. And I know everybody has their different models, you know, two podcasts ago is about doing the reselling model that works for you. But I want to reiterate, if you're new, don't leave money on the table by going I don't know if somebody would pay this much for this. If the market is showing it, then list it high. So I'll give you an example. So Doc Martens, you know, I see it all the time. People are selling Doc Martens right now for 20 bucks. And I'm telling you, I can't think maybe one time over the last year that I sold a pair of used Doc Martens for $20. Every single pair I have, I will list for more than $50. Now, will I take an offer for $35 or $40? Sure. If I, you know, if there's some wear or I think that, you know, there's others that are in better condition and have sold for more, you know, I may take that. But 
don't sell yourself short. Cause remember you're listing not for something you, you're going to buy because you're a reseller. You're never going to pay top dollar, but you have, you know, that individual that has, you know, they're in a different socioeconomic state and, you know, money isn't that much of an issue and they really want that item and they want it now and they see it, they're going to pay that top dollar mm. consistently all the time. So please remember, I, I don't know. I just, I'm begging, I'm pleading because I see so many people, you know, when I put my listings up and I'll give you an example, you know, I've had, for example, uh, I'll throw one out there, like a basketball jersey. I posted this on IG like two weeks ago. I had a basketball jersey that people had been selling for $30, $40, but I did see comps that they sold for close to $100. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take better pictures. I'm going to have free returns. I'm going to list this for $99.99 because you know what? It's going to be a collector. The right person's going to get there. And sure enough, I had it on a 15% sale and I sold it for $84.99. The closest listing to that was one for $23.99, right? That sold. So, and I'm not saying it's every time. And I want to add one more thing is it's part of your pipeline. Like if you build a good enough pipeline, like you can afford to list things high and have some of that money tied up for a little while to get that extra dollar. That's good. Ah, oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's pricing yourself pricing well is one way of avoiding be, being baned when you're when you're listing um so remember, take good pictures good price well i'm so passionate about this <laughs> one more thing i wanted to add is remember those that are willing to pay more are going to give you less problems interesting i i find that to be true over and over again like i can't think of a single item that i sold for a lot of money that I got close to negative feedback or somebody complained. It's always the lower dollar items. Interesting. If you agree with me, comment below, because I'm sure there's plenty of you that will say, you know what? You're right, Orlando. It's always those low, lower dollar sales that cause me problems. Uh, no, I believe it. That, that I mean, that makes sense. Um, I got a quick, this isn't like a terrible Bane, but um, it's kind of a funny Bane. <laughs> um, we, we had uh, pictures we were taking for Poshmark of some jeans and we're going through them all on some of our listings. And as we're putting up the pictures, because we did that, we we went through, we had like 30 some pairs of jeans. So we did them all at once. And we're jeans posting. Are tough. They are, yeah. So we're posting them and we see in one of the pictures, like the crucial picture, the best picture <laughs> Wait, of this jean. My son's hand is <laughs> sticking into the picture. I've seen that picture. And it's just sticking into the picture. And it's just there. Like we're we're like, well, we're not taking everything out of the totes. We're not retaking this picture. So our main picture of these jeans has my son's hand sticking. It's a little creepy. It's a little weird. It's also kind of cute because we know it's my son. Uh, but I'm sure there's somebody looking at the pants like, what in the world? Is, is it a little Arm hand? Not included. Like, hands not yeah. included. So, so be careful when you're taking your picture. Sometimes, sometimes you miss something and sometimes you miss that something's in the picture that shouldn't be in the picture. That is true. That is true. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. And hey, also another part is don't include stuff that's not part of your listing. I know that, you know, in Poshmark, isn't that the thing to do in Poshmark? Like you accessorize your picture? Uh, some people do. We don't do that anymore. We, we started doing that, um, but we don't, we don't accessorize. Anymore. Were you getting like questions? Like, no, no, no. Okay. That's, that's definitely understood in the Poshmark community that that is a way of doing it. it just takes more time. Um, in fact, a lot of people in Poshmark, there's a lot of people who will, will, will model almost everything that they sell. Like they'll buy stuff in their own size and they model it 
with the full outfit, like so they try and accessorize, like really? this is what it would look like. Yeah. So interesting. It is, it's definitely a different platform, but not everybody does that. And we just don't have time now with the amount of listings we try and get up there. Okay. I will say with pictures, like outside of Mike's son's hand, like there shouldn't be like your fingers should never be in the pictures. Right. Right. It just, it's, I mean, maybe if you're like a hand model, like you're a George Costanza of hand modeling, but I don't know there's some times where like, I'm trying to like, pull back the, the, the tongue of something or like hold something at a right angle. And like, you can't get the finger out of the picture, but I, I don't do like the point at flaws. What do you do? Like when there's a flaw, is there anything you do to, I just take a picture of the flaw. So like, if I have to like hold something up, I'll crop it. So it just shows the picture of the flaw. No, what about size? Like if you're trying to show like the size of like a tear, do you use like a penny or something to like reference? I'll just measure it with the measuring tape okay. and I'll just put the measurement for it. I, I will tell you, it's weird. Like my, my listings have evolved over time. But I don't, I'm not as specific as I used to be. Yeah. And it's worked Less on my favor. More. Yeah. So for instance, if I have a shoe that has a bunch of uh, like, you know, like say a pair of Doc Martens, right? And people like their Doc Martens. Sometimes they like them looking rough. So if there's a bunch of cosmetic wear, I'll just put cosmetic wear throughout parentheses, please see pics. That's it. If I have a leather jacket that's vintage that has, you know, a lot of discoloration and, Maybe, you know, some nicks here and there. I'll just put uh, discoloration throughout uh, with some, you know, possible tearing. And if there's anything that's major, I'll take a pic picture of it, but I won't put the measurement. I'll just say, please look at pictures. And I haven't had a single issue. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe some of you might disagree. I just, I do find that there's kind of a balance. Like some people don't even put measurements. So I want to talk about that. Do you put measurements to your clothing now? No. None of them. Like you don't like measure the sleeves or the hem or the chest? Only for Poshmark. Well, because we cross cross post now, there are pictures of it. I don't know. I don't think we put it really in the description on, on eBay. I need to double check because my wife does a lot of the clothing pictures because she's doing Poshmark and, and eBay for those. Um, but what we do in our little assembly line for especially shirts is we lay the shirt down flat. We just do armpit to armpit. We don't do anything else. Okay. And we just take a picture of that. So um, that way they can see in the picture, like what the, the armpit to armpit measurement is. Okay. But so, I know there's some people who go crazy and they take every measurement and put it like into like a piece of software that then shows like. Oh, like using Sizely and stuff yeah. like that. Well, I, I want to encourage you. You probably need to take a couple more measurements. Um, and this is why I say this. So I can't tell you how many times it saved me on two ends. So I've had people message me like, Hey, what is, you know, the length of this item? And I'm like, well, it's in the description. Okay. Right. Save my time. Right. I don't have to go out there and measure right. it. But I've had, you know, messages and then I've had like returns that were items not as described. Right. And I've actually had negative feedback put on my record. So I had one time a jacket that I had all the measurements in. And I always put, when I put measurements, I put the size and in parentheses, I say, please see measurements below for proper fit. And so this person, you know, I've had this happen multiple times. They'll buy a jacket and they'll say something to the effect of, oh, I'll give you a Hawaiian shirt. It'll make it easier. Oh, this isn't an extra large. This shrunk in the dryer. Like this was incorrectly described, right? And they've given me a negative feedback. So I'll call eBay and I'll say, well, actually, you know, so-and-so on eBay, I actually put in my description, please see measurements for proper fit. So I put XL. But if you looked at the measurements, the person would have been able to measure and know that this wasn't a true XL. And sure enough, eBay goes, you know what? You described it exactly as it is. We're going to remove the negative feedback. Right. And so I think measurements 
are crucial. They they save you time. Yes, I know. Getting the measuring tape and measuring and all that, like it's it's not, you know, it's time consuming. But I have I've I want to say in my time, I've probably had 20 negative feedbacks and probably, I don't know, I'm just throwing out random numbers. I don't have any negative feedbacks, by the way, but you know, 12 of them were kind of like those cases and they just got removed by eBay. So just got to be careful. You don't want to get banged by, you know, trying to be efficient, but at the same time, losing out that opportunity uh, to communicate things to protect yourself later on. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, all right. What about packing? You got some Bane stories for packing, some newer ones or retread some older ones? Yeah. You know, our very first Poshmark sale, and I mentioned this, our very first, and it's not like we had a mistake with the packing, but like okay. it's as we're about to pack that it's like, oh man, this, this is a bummer. So our very first Poshmark sale was a backpack. And we had, we'd retail arbitrage, right? Like felt pretty good about ourselves. So, you know, bought a bunch of backpacks and we only had one of this print and we go into the tote and pull it out. It's new with tags, beautiful backpack. The handle part that you hold at the top broken. Like it just, had, sorry, it, it, just had, it had just had bro- broke off. And so we don't know if it was broken when we bought it, like we just missed it or if somehow like when the, the cashier, cashier was checking it out, like it broke. We have no idea when it broke. It didn't seem like it was broken in the picture. So, uh, man, that was that was a bummer, especially because it was our first Poshmark sale. So we're like, we had to like message the buyer and say like, uh, actually, we can't sell this to you. Um, so we had that. And then recently, more recently than that, same kind of story. Uh, my One of my bolos from a few months ago was ski boots, right? Like the right brands of oh, ski boots. I remember boots. those, yeah. And so, I was actually impressed because I haven't sold a pair of ski boots yet. Yeah, I've, I've sold quite a few. Nice. And there was one pair that we had that was like really nice and it was a huge ROI. I think I bought the, the boots for like $2 and they sold for like $89, right? So I was like really excited nice. about these. That is, that's a hustle. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then we go to pack them and... From sitting in the garage, the only thing I could think is, I mean, they're older, used, I don't know how long it's been like that, but one of the the, the edges on the ski boots, I don't know what you call them, the latches was latched, yeah. and it must have been just too much tension on it, and it had dry rotted or something, and it cracked the side of the boot oh, where it connected it from there, and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, this huge return on investment, a great sale. And got a message to the buyer. Sorry, we can't sell this to you. It's not structurally sound. It broke. We don't know how <laughs> it broke. <laughs> we don't know how it broke, but it, it broke. So, um, I mean, that's part of the thing when you have used stuff. But, yeah. you know, it's a bummer. So what how would we have you? done that differently? I mean, I don't think there is really anything I could have done differently yeah. on that. I think I don't think that's like a self-inflicted bane. Yeah, okay. I just think that's just a, uh, you know, you got, you got uh, the short straw on that one. (laughs) Okay. I, you know, I've had, you know, the longer you do it, the more shipping issues you have. Right. So I can't tell you like how many times eBay global shipping has saved me from losing money. Like, and and it's funny because we, you know, you know, I keep saying this, I'll say this until it's not anymore, but episode five is our less listened to podcast out of all of them. So weird, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's because it's an early one, and, and were, it's a were we still one. awkward? I, we're still awkward now. What are you talking that about? That is true, but we were super awkward in the early episodes. So those of you that have listened to us since day one, we appreciate you sticking with us. Yeah, you saw something in us that you know 
I don't even know if we saw. Well, it's funny because like you go on YouTube or you go on our podcast and you go to our listens, like we get a lot of listens to episode one and then you go to two and three and it's less. Yeah. Well, it's because they watched episode one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I wish we could do redo episode one, but hey, thank you guys that stay with us. Yeah. But, you know, I had one time I had a board game. <clears throat> I don't even know what happened. It was new sealed and packaged and packaged new sealed and packaged. And I shipped it to the UK. Global shipping program. Person gets it in the UK. Apparently the game inside was completely like destroyed, like rotted, like it was messed up. And it was sealed and packaged. Like I had no way of knowing. And so the person gave me a negative feedback. And, but if you know anything about global shipping, you know, they guarantee they will remove any negative feedback. Like they don't, they don't, I mean, they've changed their language a little bit. Like, and used to say pretty much like, no matter what, we're going to remove like negative feedback. But every single, so what happened is the buyer was, the buyer was mad. Like they were not happy. And they're like, you sent me something that was destroyed. You probably picked this up in a thrift store <laughs> and it's ruined. And I can't believe, you know, this happened. And, you know, you're definitely going to get a negative feedback. You know, this is unacceptable. I mean, they were pretty upset. And so I called eBay and I said, hey, and this is how you should, I would say, form your argument. You know, and I think it's accurate because you, you, you don't know, right? You can always argue what you don't know. Does that, does that sound weird? I know where you're going with this. Okay. So, hey, I sent this out. When I shipped it out, it was new sealed and packaged. To me, the content should have been fine. It's possible that something ha happened over shipping on the way over there. I don't know. You know, I I'm really sorry. Like, I, I really didn't want this to happen. Uh, is there any way, you know, that the negative feedback could get removed? And they're like, oh, no problem. You ship it through eBay Global Shipping. We'll take care of you. Done. Right? So if you ever get anything damaged via eBay Global Shipping, always start with... I'm not sure, but it's possible that while being shipped, the damage got the item got damaged. Yep. I mean that's that's good as long as you know, like you said, when you sent it, it was in good condition. You know that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's happened over. I I, I think uh, Will from Thrifty Nomads had the same scenario. Like he shipped something, it was all fine. It was, ended up like destroyed because I'm telling you, like depending on the country, there's some countries like you have no idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like what like they that. do. Right. And I'll read right from eBay's page about the benefits of global shipping. They say any negative or neutral feedback that can be attributed to the global shipping program from item handling during international transit will be removed. That's beautiful. It's wonderful. I, I'll, I'll listen. If there's anything that we can say for sure sets eBay apart from every single platform out there is the global shipping program. Don't get banged. If you're not doing it, do it. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in the the day when you first talked about global shipping and I wasn't doing it yet uh, and I turned it on and sure enough, some of my best sales have been through global shipping. So usually they're full price. Yep. I mean, every once in a while you'll get somebody else say, Hey, you know, customs is too high through global shipping. I think eBay charges a pretty dime. But again, if somebody's buying something internationally, they probably have, you know, the wherewithal to take care of that. So they got the moolah. And then, you know, packing, I mean, there's so many different things, but, you know, I always say 
it's better to overpay. And, and you know, let me let's talk about FBA a little bit. So I'll attribute this to Steve Rakin from Rakin Profit because this stuck to me. I don't know what video, I don't know when he said it, but he, you know, he always said, you all, you know, people make fun of me on my taping, right? You've made fun of my taping for FBA, right? I can use a little bit of tape. Okay. I can use a lot. Right. And you know, he had said one time, he goes, why would you do the least to send the most? He didn't say it in that way, but something similar. So, you know, sometimes we send FBA shipments and there's like two, two to $3,000 of product in there. So why would you do the bare minimum with taping and padding? Like, that's just not, that's just not smart. You're asking to get banged. Right. And I've, I've had people DM us like, Hey, I sent a box in and my items got destroyed. And now Amazon is, you know, is causing me to take the loss because it was a carrier thing and it wasn't damaged in the warehouse. So if you're doing FBA, remember, even if it means looking obnoxious and having a bunch of extra tape and padding, it's worth it because look at all that you're sending in. Don't get banged. Make that wise choice. Yeah, I think I think part of the reason you got made fun of uh, specifically for the FBA packages is you were using eBay tape, which <laughs> I think is a little bit more of like a decorative tape. Like it is not it is not like strong like packing tape. tape. You think so? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I like it. Yeah, no, I I like to I like to use regular, like Scotch, whatever it's called. The uh, ones from Costco. Yeah, yeah. The 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 packing tape. And then use a strip of, of eBay tape around to say like this box is for eBay, because it's just stronger tape. The the Costco stuff, okay, it just is. Well, so maybe you wouldn't have to use. So maybe maybe I was you are to get using a sponsored waste. by Bascom Logistics, who provides eBay tape. Um, yeah, that eBay tape is great. I love it so much. <laughs> I, I have so much of it. No, I still, you know what? I still have tape from the eBay hack back in, what was October? Mm -hmm. I still have tape. Even though I gave you tape, it's March. That's awesome. I mean, think about it. I may go with this tape until June. Oh, I got to tell you, what a deal. All right. So packing, you know, never hurts to do that extra. It's funny. Have you, have you ever bought something on eBay that was terribly packed? Like it got shipped to you and you're like, what in the world? Um, Okay. Yes and no. I've I've gotten packages. Maybe this is something that some of our, our our listeners do. So I'm not trying to like diss this, but I've always been afraid of doing it myself. But I've gotten packages where there's like it's breakable items or whatever, and the people use they don't even ship through USPS, but they use a bunch of USPS products as the padding on the inside. Oh my, I've seen that. I know what you're talking about. Like don't use the padded, uh, the bubble wrap, like the bubble padded yeah. wrap as the bubble wrap, right? They'll like use like 10 of them plus some other boxes. And I'm always like, you know, so like, shady, you know, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, I, I don't want to judge because, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe like, I can't are, say I haven't used, are we, are we incriminating ourselves? Okay. I'm not going to go there, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, and, and also recycle, right? Like I, I recycle stuff. So there's sometimes where a USPS box that, um, we got something in or that like got broke through other ways. It's like, okay, I can, instead of just throwing this away, I can like cut pieces of it out as like, you know, padding for different stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, so I've, I've gotten stuff like that shipped that I'm always like, I w I'm just, I would be worried for the seller selling it like that. Cause what if somebody like, I don't know, could, could they turn you in? Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> you have a federal inspector at your house. Hey man, you don't mess with the government. No, I agree. I agree. Hey, I want to talk about one more thing though, about shipping. So 
I don't know, maybe you disagree, but I used to be very big on getting as much free supplies as possible. Right. And, and this is for another podcast about we're going to do this down the road about like what's a good investment for reselling. But I used to spend so much time like Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein, Frankenboxing or whatever, creating boxes or, you know, going, oh, I need to get some bubble wrap. I'm going to go drive out to this dumpster over here or I need this. And I used to I mean, I don't know how much time I lost but eventually I got to a place where I'm like, I'm just going to buy these boxes because yeah, it's going to cost me a little more. But for instance, eBay, I don't know if they strategically chose boxes, but like the 10 by eight by six, the 12 by six by six, I wish they would bring back the 12 by 10 by eight, but those boxes like work, like they're good boxes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so don't bang yourself by thinking you're saving money by spending a bunch of time looking you know, in different places for stuff. Now, if you have nice people like Mike used to do back in the day when we worked at the school together who drops off boxes, that's one thing. But if you're out there searching, 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 you may be losing money because at time you could be sourcing, you could be listening, you could be taking pictures. So how are you on your supplies? Are you, are you good to go? Um, I'm, I feel pretty okay with boxes now. It's man. Air pillows are like gold. That I could just so get true. some more air pillows because I use a lot of paper now. I use, I go and I buy like the, just the, the blank white paper for packing. From U-Haul or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but man, like air pillows, if I, I feel like I've got like three white kitchen trash bags full of air pillows of different various sizes, but I'm so like stingy with them. Like I never want to use them. Yeah. Every time I open, like, cause, cause you think like I got these three trash bags full and you reach your hand and you pull out like one section worth and like the bag gets like halfway now and you, it's just enough for one box and you're like, Oh no, like there goes ha- like a third of my supplies. <laughs> so no, I agree. I just, I don't know. Like I, I wish there was a way to get cheaper air pillows like consistently. Maybe, maybe we'll invest on an air pillow machine. We'll split the difference and then we'll just create a bunch <laughs> like every week. Like you'll come over and I'll get my stash, you get your stash, and then we we pass off the machine every week. Sound good? That's a good idea. Let's do it. It's, we'll have to drop some mo- serious money though. Yeah, I think they're like tens of thousands. No, 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 no. No? I, no, no. Like several hundred. No. Yes. Not for like a legit one. Yeah. They have like the smaller kinds. Really? If you have a recommendation, let us know. Yeah. Do you do you make your own air? I mean, if it's just hundreds, man, I don't even think we need to split that. No, I think I'm so. Going. I'm and, going. and I got a connection too. Oh, you got an air pillow connection? I do. Oh man. I just don't want to drop the whole amount on it. Mm. So but we'll figure it out. Yeah, let's let's do that. We'll set it up in the studio. And as we're doing our podcast, <laughs> we'll just put it we're right just there. like making air pillows. <laughs> Being efficient with our time. That's right. All right. Hey, let's talk about getting baned and dealing with buyers. Oh gosh. Is that a hard one? You know, I just, every time I get an eBay message now, my heart just sinks. Okay. That is so true. I got to tell you, I can't stand eBay messages. Anytime I look and I'm like, oh, it's an offer. And I see message so-and-so, I'm like, no. And sometimes it's nice things. It's just like a question about an item. But there's, it's just, I've had enough terrible messages that I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Really? In your short time? Yeah. Really? I mean, we've talked about some of them with like customers complaining about just stuff and like demanding refunds or returns. And 
luckily, I mean, if, if you've been if you've been listening to us and like following some of the stories we've been talking about, my my dishes, my my Christmas dishes. Oh, whatever happened with that? They just they've never responded to our response that like, hey, just send us some pictures and we will refund you. They've never sent us pictures, so it's been several months now, and I think. There, so Mike sent out some dishes, broke right. They they they, they they said that they were not packed well and arrived broken, which I don't believe because I well I mean it's always possible. I mean anything could happen to your shipping, but they were packed well. Like their complaint was like these were poorly packed, which is that's not true, okay. simply not true. Um, so they said like three of the three of the cups broke. It's unacceptable for the price they paid for it. Please, you know. We we want we want replacements. That's a, they were saying we need replacements, and we said, well, we don't have replacements because it's a one of a kind item that we had purchased. Uh, we'll gladly refund you. Please just send us pictures. Crickets. Those and and a pair of ski boots. Man, I have not done well with ski boots. I mean, I, I've done well with ski boots, but I've had quite a few. One of them, the person said that the size the size is wrong. They're like these do not fit me. And it's like, well, they're such and such size. Yeah, but they don't fit me. And it's like, well, you need to know your own size, right? Like, I'm sorry, they don't fit you. And they said, and there was a sock inside of it. Wait, wow. <laughs> did you leave a sock inside? I, I didn't. I mean, I, I checked them. I mean, it's. I That's guess awkward. it's. I guess it's possible there was a sock inside of it, but I don't think there was. But if there was, their their message back hilarious. was pretty funny. It was like, and I'll 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 mail you your sock back if you want it. <laughs> That's too good. That yeah. is just too good. Like keep the sock. Okay, but how do how did you make sure you didn't get bane though? I mean, I. It's one of those things like I, I, we've, my wife and I have come to the conclusion that for cost of doing business, we don't have free returns. We, we probably should get that set up soon. I know you've been telling us, but nine times out of 10, we're able to just, we'll just, we'll eat the cost, right? Sometimes it's just cheaper just to let them keep the item, you know, than to, to, to deal with. So we've had some times where they've shipped it back, but, um, but we've actually gotten pretty lucky where every single time we've either won the case from eBay or the people who want the refund or the return, just they go crickets on us and they just never follow through with their part. So you, did you do the silent treatment? Like you just sent one message and then. Yeah. It? The one message of like, we'll, we'll, we'll do the return. Like please send us pictures or go ahead and start the process and then nothing back. Okay. Yeah. And you know, if you don't know what we're talking about and I, I will say this isn't our original idea, but scavenger life talks about this on their podcast a lot. Uh, great podcast, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to listen to them, you know, if somebody asks you for a question after they made the purchase, that is, you know, it's okay if they're just asking about the item, like, hey, how does this work or how does this do? But if if they're unhappy with an item, right, and they message you, right, and they're looking for a partial refund or they're, they want to just, you know, tell you how disgusted they are and blah, blah. You just email back. You just send the message. Again, make sure it's an eBay messages. Don't email back. Make sure it's an eBay. Me- Don't get banged by going out to the eBay messages. And you just say, hey, we're sorry that you, you know, I don't know, whatever way you want to word it. I always put, I apologize for the inconvenience. So I never admit fault. I always say, I apologize for the inconvenience. You're welcome to return it for a full, for a full refund as long as the item is returned in the original condition it was shipped. And that's it. So if they reply, like, I can't believe blah, blah, I don't say anything. If they say, you know, I can't believe you did this, I don't say anything. If they reply that they want a partial refund, I don't say anything. That's it. Like, I never respond again. You want to hear something interesting? Yeah. 
So we're just now dealing with this with Poshmark. And this this might be a positive, might be another reason for you to get onto Poshmark. Oh, okay. So um, we have, in the same week, we haven't had a single problem with any of our Poshmark salesmen. In the same week, we've had two complaints. One complaint, um, gosh, I don't, I don't even know what it was. Some some random thing. They didn't like the size or something. But one complaint was like a big one where they said that the shorts were not the size that we advertised, which is size four, right? Size four slash 27, whatever that ends up being. You didn't have measurements, though. Um, no, we had three inch inseam. We knew what the inseam was. Okay. We knew what the waist, we knew the waist measurement because oh, that was a good. 27 okay. inch waist measurement, right? Nice. So we, we yeah. had, we had measurements. That's good. Um, and so we sent, we sent the item to them. They complained, say it doesn't fit. These are ridiculously large. Like they, they, they should have been shown on a picture with a model. So we could have, I would have known what the really? fit, right? And it's like, well, what we kind of model, right? Yeah, I, I mean, know. you can have all kinds of models. So, um, so anyway, so we responded back to because Poshmark, when it, a case is open against you, you're like on a thread with Poshmark, the customer, and and you, and they like say like an event has been opened, like would you like to leave a comment? And so we just said like, well, th- that's the size of the shorts. Like we we listed what was on the tag. This is how it was described. Um, and then we started doing some research because we had oh I remember what the other one was. An- another person claimed that the item that we sent them was a, f- a fake, which is not true because um, it was a new with tags Macy's return. Like it had the Macy's return tag on it before we sent it to them. So like, it's not a fake item. It's, it's a real item. So let me, did you, uh, let's talk about how you resolve it. I'll talk about fakes and how you deal with fakes. Sure. So um, anyway, so we were with that one. We said, look, we'll respond on the, on the Poshmark thing. Um, we know this isn't a fake. However, we want to make sure our customers are comfortable with their purchases. And so nice. we'd that, like to return. Right? Awesome. Yeah. Something to that effect. Um, so anyways, we started doing some research and you can't do returns on Poshmark. There's no returns. hundred percent. Yeah. And I knew that. So here's how it works. So you send the item to them. If they accept it, the money's yours. They can complain all they want. If they don't accept it, um, then it goes into, cause Poshmark's holding the money. It goes into like debate. And unless you, unless you mess up really bad and send something like the wrong item or something like yeah. that, but then you have to figure out the return outside of Poshmark, right? I guess is the way it works. But one of the things is we've had like one or two like lower reviews because it's like a star system instead of like just positive and negative. Okay. It's like one star to five stars. We've had a couple of people do two stars for weird things. Like item is exactly as described, just doesn't fit me. Two stars, right? It's what? Like, well, that's not fair. That's so wrong. Um, but what we've noticed is it doesn't mean anything on Poshmark. Really? You're ranking on Poshmark. You have to like click into like five different things inside of a person's profile before you can get to like anything about their ranking. So when you're looking up items, it's not, it doesn't have like the person's name and then like their star ranking next to it. Huh? So having low rankings or like having a couple bad reviews doesn't affect you at all. As far as I can tell. Interesting. Wow. So it's kind of nice. Like people can be upset. And I mean, of course, if you're breaking rules or being, being um, really deceptive or something like that, then yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Poshmark is going to come down on that. But when you have that one-off random customer, who's just being a nightmare, well, sorry, too bad. So sad. Okay. Hey, no, I have heard that there's no returns. I mean, there's some, you know, major resellers that cross post and they like Poshmark for that reason. So yeah, I think it's a good point. Now with fakes, I just wanted to add something to fake. So I've had people like, for instance, you know, I've got a garage sales and like sometimes you see like North Face backpacks, mm. right? You'll pick them up for a dollar or two and I've sold multiple of them, but you'll get, I've gotten it before. Like, this is a fake backpack. Like this is made, you know, and so and so. And, 
You know, you're selling fake merchandise. Here's the deal with fake stuff. It's a, it really is uh they said, you said, or he said, she said, or whatever way you want to term it kind of deal, right? Because eBay has no authentication program, right? So eBay is not going to go in and go, that, that you're selling fake stuff. We're, can- we're going to cancel your account. Now, if you're a major reseller and you're, you know, importing from another country or something, they may do that. But ultimately, the argument's between you and the other person, right? And I've had it. I've had, you know, stuff that people have said is fake. I know it's not fake. I know it's authentic. But the person on the other side thinks, you know, they're like some expert and whatever. And so... They'll claim it's fake and they're going to, they, they tell me they're going to report me to eBay and, and so on. And all I do is like, Hey, I'm so sorry. You're unhappy with your purchase. You can return it for a full refund and that's it. And then silent treatment. Then silent treatment. I d- don't even engage. Like I, I can't tell you, especially when I've talked about this a few podcasts ago, we're at a place that there are so many bootleg things being made now it's really hard to authenticate certain things. Like, have you seen lately the latest craze with Air Force Ones? It's pretty cool. You know what Air Force Ones are? The Nike They're shoes? The old school Nike shoes? Yeah. So people now buy the white ones. I think I want to make so some I pure. go stomping in my Air Force Ones. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so it's getting late, by the way. So I want to make some pure also podcast shoes. Like, wouldn't that be sweet? Oh, my goodness. Like, like for us, not to sell. I mean, you know, I don't know who's going to want them. No, 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 but serious. No, they're cool. Like, have you, did you ever watch the episode of Slobby's World and that guy had like the Super Mario 3 shoes made? No. Okay. So anyways, it's, it's the latest thing now. Like, so people will buy the white Air Force Ones and they'll pay somebody to airbrush them and they'll airbrush a design. So sometimes people will do cartoons or they'll do like... You know, they want some Burberry collab. Look, I mean, they're not real. They're bootleg, but they look pretty awesome. So, you know, let some people sell some of those things, right, on eBay. Like, I mean, unless, you know, Nike or somebody has a Vero put on that item, which does happen, right? It's really hard for somebody to make the argument. Does that make sense? Yes. So don't get banged. I mean, if you know your stuff and you're being accused of having something fake, I would say don't admit to it, but do recognize that that person is probably unhappy with their purchase, which is true. And recognize too, especially if you're getting stuff at garage sales or thrift stores, that it is very possible that that they're right. I agree. I agree. Well, yeah. I mean, did I ever tell you, I've shared the Supreme shirts that I bought at a garage store for $5. The stitching was off. And the stitching was off and I got baned. But you know what? After watching Slavia's World and how he sells bootleg Gucci 20 years later, I'm going to save those fake hold Supreme shirts. Yeah. Hold and on then to sell them. them. <laughs> and fake. sell them later. Put authentic 2018 fake Supreme shirts. And I, there you go. I'm, I'm serious. Vintage, vintage knockoff Supremes. Yeah, I bet it'll be a thing. There you go. So uh, I share one more story here about, you know, dealing with, with buyers. So I recently ran into this. So this person, I'm counting them up as we're doing the podcast. This person messaged me. Let me, I'm taking a look here. Do you see that? Oh, goodness. That's all one person. And you didn't block them? No, they're blocked now. What do you think? Probably 35 messages. Unbelievable. 35 messages. Okay. So let me, I'm not going to read all of them, but let me start with message one. Yeah, I'll go to sleep if you start with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think let, me, let me know when you're done. Okay, here's a, before I get into this. Uh, okay, I dressed up for this podcast, but Mike dressed like he's gonna go on some hike out in the snow. Yeah, I'm comfortable, man. Is it really that cold in here? No, it's not that cold. It's just I haven't shaved my head in a while, and I'm trying to, you know, oh, okay, gotta, gotta right. keep the dome covered. I get up. it. I get it. I, so, are you, are you shaving this? You shouldn't shave. If I don't shave, you don't shave. I never. Well, I'm not letting it grow. Like if you look at some of my earlier, our earlier They're episodes, awesome. like my, my beard is like boom. Comment below. Should Mike grow out the beard? I I do every summer. I as a teacher, I always worry about growing it too long because I start getting comments by admin about like, wow, your your beard is really starting to get long. I know, and I, I know, and you always hear like, you know, people aren't as trusting of bearded folks, right? That's the yeah, line. Except I can't for say. except for mine is always even when it's long, it's nice and manicured, and I feel like that's different. Yeah. yeah, I got to talk to Mike about that grooming of beards. You want me to teach you how to do it? Is that what you're saying? There you go. There, there's a whole, hey, if if you're looking into private label, there's a whole world of like beard grooming out there. I just noticed. Oh, heck yeah, there is. You didn't know that? There's like beard straighteners. Oh, there's the, you got oils, you got, you got balms, you got shampoos and conditioners, you've got different weights of combs, types of combs, materials for brushes. I mean, you get yourself a nice boar's hair brush for your beard, nice. get the right oil in there. It's good stuff. Okay. All right. Let's get back. Do we always get on these? It's getting late. That's why we're getting these tangents. All right. So that was the first, first comment. First comment. Did you guys send the shoes? Okay, this was purchased only a few hours ago. So, and you know, and this and this was they paid for for at two p.m. Right. So, okay. Then the next message I get is, "Oh, I got the wrong address. Let me give you the real address." So automatically, I'm like, "Hey, you know, within eBay's guidelines, that's one thing. Another thing, don't get banged." You must ship to the address that is on the eBay and the PayPal account. If you ship to any other address, you lose your seller protection. So what you need to do is cancel that transaction and let the person know, well, don't cancel it yet. Let them know, hey, I, if, we, if you want me to send it to another address, please cancel. Uh, please let me know you want to cancel. And then I'll send you the item number once the item is relisted and you're welcome to purchase it again with the revised address. But make sure you revise it before you buy again. So huge because, you know, I've had people on IG say, oh, I change it. No big deal. But I'm telling you, like, you can get scammed really easy and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. All right. We're going to go a little few more messages down. Um, <laughs> next one was, oh, the address was changed. Uh, but here's the problem. Um, not sure what happened, but the item never made it. And then I e-messaged back, well, the tracking shows it was delivered. Then they say, hey, can you call the post office for me? And so anyways, I don't want to, it went on and on and on. And so what ended up happening, the address was messed up and it got sent back to me. Mm. Then I get the shoes back and I say, you know what? Um, here's the thing. We can, I can either resend it to you, but you'll have to pay $9.99 for the shoes to get shipped back to you. Now, one thing advice I'll tell you, and I get DMs all the time from people like, hey, what do you think I should do? Call eBay. Just call eBay. They're there for you. Hey, by the way, we're going to eBay open. Yeah. And you know what one of the perks is? We get concierge service, meaning for the whole year after we get a direct line to a North American eBay representative. Nice. So anyways, one of the perks. So if, you, hey, if you're not going to eBay open, just something to think about. 
Hey, there you go. So, okay. Go with back, the cost of admission right there. With the maybe. cost of admission. Early bird. Make sure you do the early bird. Now, what ended up happening was I called eBay and I'm like, hey, listen, this shoe got sent back to me. You know, I I don't want to ship it out. I'm going to lose money for shipping it out. This is on the buyer. They messed up on the, the address. Said, hey, no problem. Just let them know to send you a PayPal amount and ship it out again. Make sure the address is right. You're totally fine. And if they give you negative feedback, we'll make sure to remove it. So always call eBay. Like, I, I'm not sure why people hesitate, but, you know, maybe it's because you call an international person and you feel they don't understand. Like, they, they've been trained. They deal with hundreds of thousands of phone calls. So they it's not, you're, they're never going to run into a scenario they haven't heard of. So I call eBay and I tell them this and then I message back the person and they are livid. They're like, what? You're really going to make me pay? And I, and I just messaged back. I said, well, unfortunately, this was a result of you having the, incor- having the incorrect address. Actually, I didn't say you. Don't ever use words like you. Don't make it too personal. Just say, unfortunately, the, the address is incorrect that was being sent. You see how the, the blow is softened? Yeah, you might be right about that. No, I'm serious. I know. I'm just. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. This is, I had to learn this stuff. Like, again, I talk about my VP skills. Like, yep. I learned that when you speak in third person about people directly, it goes a lot better. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. So I just messaged back and I said, unfortunately, the address is incorrect and I'm going to need to charge you like that, you know. And so then then they, they said, really, I have to pay. So my final message was. You know, unfortunately, and you know, I didn't say, you know, I said, unfortunately, I think the best case scenario here is to cancel the order. I appreciate your business. And I just canceled it and I blocked them. Whoa. That's it. Then they messaged me 10 more times. Silent treatment, silent treatment, silent treatment. I thought you blocked them. No, they can still message you. Oh, really? If it's tied to an item, they can message you. Interesting. So then, no joke. You're looking at the dates. Like... Three weeks later, I get this. Hey, we never got our refund and we contacted our bank. They said they never got the money. <laughs> right? This is legit. You're looking at this right now. So all I did is I took a screenshot of this transaction. It's not on this. This is in another attachment. And I sent it to them. I said, unfortunately, you probably need to call PayPal because it probably didn't get transferred to your bank. That's it. Crickets. Now. That could have gone multiple ways, right? I could have, you know, I definitely think this was an INAT item not as described waiting to happen. I think they would have given me negative feedback had I not called eBay. I, I, I mean, it could have gone various different ways. I could have been baned. But again, silent treatment, call eBay. Don't take it personal. Don't admit to stuff and try to resolve it. As, remember, customer is always right in the end, but it doesn't mean you have to sell your soul. I like that. Good stuff. <laughs> you like that. So, hey, you know, I hope with this episode you gained a lot of perspective on, you know, some of the mistakes we've made. You probably could relate. I hope this resonated with many of you. But, hey, make sure you're not getting banged out there. Yeah, and let us know in the comments, what is your story? Like, I'm sure you got many of them, but, like, what is, like, the story? Well, let's of, keep like, it positive. How did you work through it? And how did you work through it? Because <laughs> it can be a whole like rant about. There's nothing wrong with that. We will, we will, we will be here to listen to you rant. You no, go for that. I, I like to keep it positive. I, I, I'm, a, I'm all for keeping it positive, but like, I feel like you're like artificially trying to keep it positive. No, 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 no. 
I'm not going there. We got to be real. Real, relevant reselling. But what if real isn't always positive? That is true. You're right. You're right. But <laughs> our, whatever. From the previous episode, you might be right. You might be right. Like, no, you learned. See? Now Mike, Mike knows my trick. So if you haven't heard that in the last podcast, you should go listen to it. You'll know what he's talking about. So, hey, with all that being said, it's kind of late. So make sure you're being real. Be positive. I mean, be relevant. And be reselling. Peace. Peace.